Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast. Uh, this is tournament season. We're in March. Welcome to it, everybody. Uh, the Big 12 tournament has just happened, and uh, Kansas uh, Shocker is the winner of said tournament. Uh, nobody's surprised by that. Um, so, And it seems like the Big 12 did this thing where they do it every regular season, and they beat each other up uh, just so Kansas State, or just so Kansas has a nice little path to winning it all. Um, so moving right along into that, Kansas earned itself a one seed in the Midwest region in the big 12 or in the national, uh, NCAA tournament. Um, they have a pretty easy bracket as compared to what they've had a few years uh, prior. So, uh, I think they've got a cakewalk unless they have to play Iowa. So if they can avoid Iowa, I think they're going to be in the final four. Very hard to keep them out of the final four for somebody who doesn't like them like myself. Uh, but I found a way, I found a way to keep them out. So, Drew, you want to go ahead and talk to us about what the uh, Kansas men's basketball, what, what it looks like um, headed into the NCAA tournament and what their chances are. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think in years prior, KU, I mean, I guess like, you know, some one seeds are going to have an easy path and some one seeds are going to have a hard path or any seed, really. And sometimes KU gets stuck in a hard region. But for once, it seemed like, you know, Gonzaga and Baylor kind of got tough regions and KU kind of had an easy one. Uh, I do agree that Iowa, like, is going to be the toughest game. And I do think that's a matchup we'll see. I do like our chances, but I think that they're playing really well right now. Iowa is. They just won the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, they beat they beat some good teams. KU beat a couple good teams on the way to the Big 12 tournament. So both teams are playing well. Um, and I think KU can get through. And I actually think that if KU doesn't make a Final Four, it's a pretty big disappointment, which I guess you could say that about any one seed. But I especially feel that way with KU. And so I think I think KU can make it. But Iowa's going to be a tough game. And then if Auburn makes it, then I think that'll be a tough game. But if Auburn doesn't make it, then I really like KU's chances. Yeah, for sure. And – I've got Auburn not making it uh, past the Sweet 16. I've got them losing to Wisconsin. Um, I think one challenge that Kansas could potentially face before playing Iowa is uh, San Diego State, who's got Mm -hmm. a fantastic defense uh, they've had all year long. And, I mean, they've won a lot. Uh, They are mid-major. But um, if they do play them, I think whoever comes out of that 8-9 game, I think might give Kansas a little bit of a test early on. But then I think, I've got I've got Kansas losing the Sweet 16 to Iowa just purely based on my bias, but Bill Self hasn't peaking at the right time, uh, which he normally does. Remy Martin had a pretty good game against uh, Texas Tech, and he, he closed the game out at point guard. So we and we know how much Bill likes to play. Uh, is, what's his name? Jalen Wilson. Uh, Harris is the other point guard. Harris, yes, Harris. So. I think I think they're going to make a lot of noise. You know, I've got them losing in the Sweet 16 just because I don't like them. Um, but it it does look pretty favorable. You know, they're avoiding Kentucky, Duke, Texas Tech, uh, Tennessee. Uh, they're avoiding all of those teams uh, going in, going through, and getting to the Final Four is a very feasible thing for them. So, yeah, I uh, I agree that San Diego State's going to be – and Creighton would be tough too. Like those, that game's going to be like whoever gets to 55 first is going to win probably. Like that's Yeah, gonna be- no, I, I totally think that they're going to get uh, – they're favored right now pretty big on whatever 16 seed they're going to play. 
uh, but then they're favored by nine and a half, uh, those two teams that they would play afterwards. Uh, so I think uh, I would take Kansas uh, in the first one for sure. And then I think – I don't know if they'd cover the nine and a half just because I think those two teams will give them a pretty big test. Now, I do know uh, that those two teams aren't, like, really good offensively. So I think that it'd probably be a game where we win by, like, like between, like, seven and ten, but it's just ugly, like a 65-55, like, yeah, and, good you know, game, Kansas but you don't feel Kansas good about defense it. Is, Kansas' defense is long and athletic, which is something that's been mm-hmm. good for them. But also, you know, they've had some def- their defensive struggles at points in, during the year. Uh, you saw it against TCU. They couldn't – a team if they match up with a team that's really good at rebounding the basketball, it'll be, it'll be a difficult time for them. Uh, but Dave played pretty well in the game against Texas Tech too, right? He had a double-double? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that they're getting some time off. Uh, before they play, and I think uh, I think I think they'll do pretty good in March. So that being said, uh, Drew, who do you have? We'll start off with your elite eight, and then we'll move on down from there. So, Drew, what are you thinking about your elite eight? Okay, so my elite eight, I have my final four memorized. My elite eight's a little crazy, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Got it? Okay. So in the West, Gonzaga's region, I have Gonzaga and Texas Tech. I okay. think that, that that's probably a pretty common one. In the East, I have a little crazy. I have UCLA, who's the four seed, and Virginia Tech, who's, who's the 11 seed. I think mm-hmm. that they're they're hot, and I think they could they could make a run there. In the South, I have Arizona and Tennessee. And uh-huh. then I don't really trust anybody in the bottom of KU's bracket, so I have KU and Miami, who's the 10 seed. Okay, well – so I uh, I put two one seeds in the elite eight. Um, so I put I put Davidson all the way up into the Sweet Sixteen, but I have him losing to Tech. So I have Arkansas Same. beating Gonzaga, and Texas Tech beating beating uh, Davidson, and then it's Arkansas and Texas Tech in in uh, in the West. In the East, I have Baylor beating either Wyoming or Indiana. Um, going into the final four and then Kentucky beating that Virginia tech team who I took to the sweet 16. So I've got uh, Baylor and Kentucky there, you know, Virginia tech's hot. So they're definitely going to make some noise. I just think they'll run out of steam when they come to play Kentucky. Um, then in the South, uh, I have Arizona and Tennessee, uh, Tennessee's athletic. It's just, they're streaky. So mm-hmm. it's going to be tough for them to maintain, you know, when, when those games in a row. So, I've got them going to the Elite Eight and playing Arizona. And then in the Midwest, I have Iowa and Wisconsin. Uh, I do have Iowa beating Auburn, but I have Miami advancing out of the round of 32 or out of the round of uh, 64 into the round of 32. So there is that. So out of those eight teams, uh, who's your final four? Okay. uh, Gonzaga beating Tech. Okay. UCLA beating Virginia Tech. So. Arizona, Tennessee is a toss up for me, and I might change it. But okay, so I have KU beating Miami. So that's two one seeds. So my thought was you typically don't see three one seeds make it. So I picked Tennessee to beat Arizona, and they did beat them. They did play earlier in the season, and, it, and Tennessee did win. That, that was, was in, that at was in Thompson Bowling, though, yeah. And really tough to beat a team like Arizona twice, but they could yeah. do it. Also, Tennessee, like probably the best three seed of all time. What a joke. They should be a two seed. <laughs> they should but, be. They're, you know, they're really athletic defensive. Their backcourt is really, I think, really good and athletic. So, 
They, I think I saw. So you remember when they they lost to Kentucky the first time they played by like thirty? Yeah. Since then, they're like fourteen and two or fifteen and two. Yeah, and so they like, beat Kentucky. They've beaten Kentucky twice. Yeah, and they beat them on a new, they beat them on a neutral floor too. So I think we yeah. kind of know. Well, no, I mean and, Kentucky's probably more talented, but I mean Tennessee beat them two out of three times. So yeah, and that neutral floor really, um, I think neutral floor would be in quotations there because we know about Big, Big Blue Nation and how they can travel. They're one of the best traveling basketball fan yeah. bases. Tennessee definitely traveled, but that was probably like seventy thirty. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, yeah, so. And okay. they're, they're streaky. Like, they could freaking lose to the 14 seed whoever they play. Like, who knows? But So, your final four is um, – your final four is – Yeah. So, I have Gonzaga, UCLA, KU, okay. Tennessee. Okay. So, mine is completely different um, <laughs> than yours. We were I've similar got... leading up, but I think we kind of went different directions. Yeah. So, the amount of times I've watched Arkansas this season – I've been overly impressed with them and the way they figured it out in the second half of the season. So I have them in the final four playing Kentucky. Um, and then Arizona is going to beat Wisconsin. So uh, I've got Arizona, Wisconsin, Kentucky, and Arkansas. And then your national title game, who you got winning that? Uh, I'm going with Gonzaga. Okay. I think uh, a little Mark Few revenge tour <laughs> might be. Now, I picked them. I picked them last year too, so I don't know if I just – love Mark Few and want to pick him. But, I mean, you know, they have a lot of guys that were there last year. Obviously, Chet Holmgren, their stud freshman, it's, you know, he's new. But mm-hmm. I think maybe they got a little taste last year. And I, I do have them beating KU. I don't know if I want to pick KU to go that far. But the only team I could see them losing in the in the Midwest is Iowa. And I don't know. Like, seems like a lot of people are picking Iowa. So maybe, like, they just lose to Richmond and that'd be hilarious. But That would be funny. By the way, uh, I do have Providence losing to the Jackrabbits. I have Providence advancing out of the round of 64. That, but that South Dakota State team, they're a good basketball team. Uh, they're a really good basketball team. You know, you know Providence is favored by like two? Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, what are they, 30 and two, 30 and three? I think they're like 30 and four. Murray State's yeah. 30 and two, and they're the like seven seed in Kentucky's region. But I also, if KU doesn't win, I would just like to see Mark Few win because I feel like he doesn't get – like, he's a really good coach. I think he's one of the best. And I think he doesn't get much respect because he's never won one, even though he's gotten, like, he's made, like, six straight Sweet 16s, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, that is very impressive, but I think. people, I don't know, kind of like to discount him because he plays in the West Coast Conference, which isn't his fault. Like, Gonzaga can't be in a Power 5 conference. No, they can't because they don't have football. Yeah. Losers. So, I know. So, <laughs> Gonzaga over Kansas – uh, I've got Arizona beating Arkansas. I think that'd be a really fun matchup to watch. I think that'd be a really hard-fought game, and I feel like if they did play in the national title game, that would be uh, a toss-up just because of how good Arkansas – how impressed I am with Arkansas. I'm sure I'm riding them uh, a little bit uh, too hard. I did that last year, too. I took them all the way to the Elite Eight. Did they go to the Elite Eight last year? Yeah. Well, then, yeah. there we go. So I was perfect. I was riding I think, Arkansas. I think I did, too. So, I have them losing to Vermont. Okay. So, we'll see. I know I, we kind of touched on it a little bit, though. So, who is your big Cinderella this year? I as know in, you, As in, who, like, so Virginia Tech, because I have them in the Elite Eight. Yeah, so, like, that, I have Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16. So, we 
touched on that a little bit, but what team is going to win and everybody's going to kind of rally behind them? Um, so I don't want to get too deep into it. So I picked UAB to beat Houston. I did too. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't want to get too, I don't want to get on too big of a tangent, but I saw some stats about the 12, five upset because somehow that's the most common upset since like 2010. Mm-hmm. So when it's like two light conferences, so like if a mid-major is playing a mid-major or a high-major is playing a high-major in a 12-5 matchup, the 12 seed wins like 70% of the time. Really? In like the last 12 years. That's so, that's a weird that, – I mean, I, the so stats both, people keep. They're both mid-majors. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – I mean, Houston's – Not for long. Houston's a high mid-major. Yeah. But, but so maybe UAB because then the winner of that plays – which I wanted to pick Chattanooga to beat Illinois so bad. <clears throat> First some stuff we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I couldn't <laughs> well, do it. it and the, Well, the it. thing is, Illinois Illinois is pretty good, but I don't – that Chattanooga team could be dangerous. Sylvia uh, Sousa, man. There is, there is a team who – they're a six seed, but I could see them – I only – I have them going out in the round of 32, but I could see them advancing uh, – past that to the sweet 16 or even the elite eight uh past that and that's colorado state uh they're a pretty good pretty good ball team i you know I, we talked yesterday about it and i didn't know much about them but i i looked them up and uh, looked at some of their games and i think they're they're capable of, of going on um a deep run and i think if if they did that even though they're a six seed they're colorado state so that would be pretty impressive i think so yeah i could see uab being a team yeah you know, maybe they just beat Illinois if Illinois beats Chattanooga. I have Illinois just beating UAB. Um, yeah, I was torn on Colorado State because they draw Tennessee. Yeah, and that's a tough and, draw. And they're playing Michigan, who the past month and a half has one loss, one loss, one loss. Like, they've never lost two in a row. they never won two in a row. Mm-hmm. They're coming off a loss. So, Colorado State, they have this player. His name's David Roddy. He's like a six-six mm-hmm. small ball five, and he's awesome. But – with Michigan's bigs, I kind of worry about how that goes. Yeah, for him, like Hunter Dickinson's like seven one, and he's good. And their power forward's like six eleven, six ten. So Michigan's big. So I kind of think Michigan's going to win, and I'm pretty sure Colorado State's not great defensively. So I'm sure that game could be like ninety to eighty or something mm-hmm. like that. So now there is one uh, upset I was kind of uneasy about. I have a, I have our Ramblers uh, beating Villanova. Oh, God, um, dude, so do I. That was a tough one to choose. <laughs> that was a tough one to choose. But I do have Loyola beating Villanova. Oh, man, this can't be good that we agree. No, it can't. Do, what do you have with Iowa State? Are they losing in the first round for you? Yeah. I have them beating LSU because they don't have a head coach. So I thought about it. Or did I? Maybe I picked Iowa State to win. No, I have. Oh, that's right. So my biggest upset I have in the tournament. So in – Apparently, in four straight tournaments, a 14 seed has won a game. Okay. So, give me Colgate over Wisconsin. Ooh. Listen. Ooh. Now, let me say, if Johnny Davis is healthy, there's no chance Wisconsin loses. Yeah. But if Johnny Davis is hobbled, and he has been, he got hurt against Nebraska of all teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they lost to Nebraska. So, it kind of shows how good Wisconsin is when he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. And then they lost their first round game of the Big Ten tournament to Michigan State, who's a tournament team, and they're they're okay. But 
I don't know. I, like, I think if he's not healthy, I could see Colgate winning. Okay. And if Wisconsin um, like barely beats Colgate and he's still not healthy, they'd probably lose their next game anyway. So I have LSU in the Sweet 16 without their head coach. So that's okay. kind of funny. But we'll, Now, we'll I, cannot, I cannot tell you how badly I wanted to pick Yale uh, to beat uh, Purdue that in the first round. That was something was just calling to me uh, for, for Yale to upset Purdue, but I don't see it. I don't see a path. There's, as much as I love the Ivy League, I just don't <laughs> see a guy from Yale, guys from Yale hanging with uh, Zach Eady, who's 7'4", and like Jaden Ivey, who's just like way faster than everybody. Like I, I can't. Re- yeah. I mean, I don't we see all it. know Yale cannot rebound Baylor, but I really don't think Yale cannot rebound. Are they going to out-rebound 7-4 Zach Eady and then Travion Williams, who's like a top-10 pick who doesn't start? Like, probably not. I think – well, and I think the best the best shot for them is to get to get it down to one big early on in the first half um, mm-hmm. and get, get, get the starting big for Purdue and get him in foul trouble early. I think that's what they need to do. I know their backup's good. Yeah, uh, really good, uh, but also asking him to play a large load of minutes would be tough for Purdue, especially in a tournament. Um, so I think the thing is, is just like, like if you have someone that's seven four and you can just like get, like if he catches the ball one on one and he has enough time to go up, like he's making it, like yeah. he's not gonna miss it. So I, no. yeah, I agree. Like that's, yeah, it's gonna be tough. All right. Well, the other ones. I don't know if I have any other big upsets. I have the winner of Wyoming, Indiana, beating St. Mary's, but I think you had that too. Yeah, I have. I have them going to the Sweet Sixteen. The winner of that game. Yeah. And I don't have St. Mary's advancing. We both have Davidson beating Duke. Yes. That would be that would be so funny. That would be hilarious. So, Davidson, good team. And the Davidson Michigan State game. There's a player. Like, one of Davidson's best players transferred from Michigan State. Okay. So, it's like a revenge game. <laughs> for who? Michigan State or Davidson's best player? No, for the player because he transferred okay. from Michigan State because he wasn't okay. getting playing time. Yeah, for And sure. apparently, Davidson's coach, I can't remember his name. He's kind of an older guy. Apparently, he – I don't know. Do you know where Davidson's at? Like, I have no idea where they're at. I think it's in Ohio. It's in Ohio. Let me look it up. That. That would make sense. Let me ask our stats department where Davidson's from. Well, I've heard that um, that their coach for a while has always wanted to play Duke in the non-conference schedule, and that Coach K always ducks him. So I think it would be hilarious if, you know, they just beat Coach K's team. That would be funny. And sit him uh, out. They're a North Carolina-based school. Oh, okay. So that's why he wants to schedule Duke because they're just – Yeah. How many schools are in Carolina? Jeez. A lot. A lot of D1 schools. Apparently, we were talking about that the other day. Like 10. And like – North Carolina is not that big. Four ACC schools are in North Carolina, which is But then insane. there's like all the – Eastern UNC, Carolina, Old Dominion's in there. UNC, Greensboro, Wilmington, Asheville. Charlotte. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. They so. love basketball up there and <laughs> – well, the, the they are basketball state. Duke and North Carolina, a couple blue bloods in one state. So, um, so moving on from the NCAA tournament, fun talk. There is another team in Kansas that has a basketball program that is not in the NCAA tournament. And breaking news that happened Saturday, 
uh, Bruce Weber has resigned his position from Kansas State after 10 years, two conference titles, and 186 victories, a run to the Elite Eight, and five conference or five NCAA uh, appearances. He's resigned. He's no longer there. Uh, he had a press conference that Tim Fitzgerald believes should not have happened, where he talked about the negativity of Kansas State fans um, and everything wrong with Kansas State. Um, so I think that might have tarnished his record uh, or his, his, you know, the way K-State fans view him. But um, he's gone. So there's a pretty big coaching search um, coming or happening as we speak. Now, there are a few other vacancies. Um, so the big ones that I would put ahead of Kansas State are Maryland and Louisville. Uh, those two teams probably get first pick to a, to a coach if all the teams were coming after it. But then I'd have Kansas State next. I'd have Kansas State as the third best job open right now, uh, followed by Missouri, Georgia, and then a new one that came open today. I don't know if you saw this, but Frank Martin is out at South Carolina. So Georgia, Georgia hired Florida's Mike White, by the way. So oh yeah, you told me that. You told me that. So, so Florida is a good job, probably. Yeah, Florida is a good job open. I don't – I. I'd say that's a better job than Kansas State. They've got a national title. So Kansas State, probably the fourth best job open right now. Uh, South Carolina firing Frank Martin puts them at – they're the worst job open, uh, I would say, uh, because just lack of support for men's basketball there. Um, and Frank was only able to win one, one final – or go to one final four with them as a high seed, a high-seeded team. I think they were an 11 seed that year. But – Yeah, uh, I think – he followed that up with quite a few. I don't think they made the NCAA tournament after after that Final Four run. So maybe time. One, I think maybe one time, but I yeah. don't. I'm not sure. It was definitely time for him to go. You know, he's only 55. Isn't that insane? When you look at him, he doesn't look like he's only 55 with the bald hair and everything. But he's only 55. Um, but not not a candidate. I wouldn't say a candidate for this Kansas State job. So. Uh, I would like to talk to you about some of these candidates. Uh, I am gopowercat.com. They're the 247 affiliate uh, that covers K-State. I'm a premium subscriber. I'm a VIP guy, so no big deal. But I get to see all the stuff behind the paywall. Uh, and they have a hot board. Uh, they came out with the first hot board. And now they've got they, – they came out 2.0 uh, a couple days ago. Let me see when they came out with it. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, they came out with a March 13th, so that was yesterday. As of yesterday, Brad Underwood still seems to be the name uh, that it, that uh, is is trending. Uh, they say he's trending steady, steady right now. Um, it said that they've heard sources that said Gene Taylor is certainly investigating the situation with Brad Underwood, but you know it's. It's not just about what Brad wants to do. You know, he's a McPherson guy, played in, in Independence Community College, uh, played at Kansas State, coached at Kansas State, and has won everywhere he's gone since then. Um, so he's, you know, he's a Kansas guy. Uh, but I, outside of him wanting to come home, I just don't know if the finances are there. Uh, he's got an $8 million buyout, which I feel like Kansas State, if they wanted to, could afford that. I'm sure they would negotiate it down. Uh, but the reporters asked Brad the other day, or I think it was today, uh, the stuff about Kansas State. He didn't deny it. He just said he wasn't going to talk about it. Uh, he said uh, he said he doesn't want to hear anything about it. And then he said what they've built at Illinois. He so 
he didn't, he's not Lincoln Rileying and saying, I'm not taking the head coaching job at LSU. Uh, so, but he's also doesn't want to talk about it. So I'm not sure uh, what that means. It'd be a pretty big investment for Brad under for, to get Brad Underwood. But I feel like if you can do it, you know, what, what are your thoughts on Brad? Uh, I definitely think he's the best guy that you can get like realistically. Yeah. So I think if you can get him, you should do it. I mean, he's won pretty much everywhere he's been. I mean, I, so what, he was at Oklahoma state, Stephen F. Austin and Illinois. So it went Stephen F. Austin took him to a tournament, hired at Oklahoma state one year there, took him to a tournament. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then went, took Illinois <clears throat> from the worst team in the big 10 uh, to winning a Big Ten title and then the Big Ten tournament the year before. Did they win the Big Ten title two years in a row, or did they not win it last year? Uh, I don't think they won it last year. Michigan might have won it last year. Yeah, I think Michigan won it last year. Yeah, So, but then they won the tournament last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Early exit, though. Early exit from the NCAA tournament. They lost to Indiana. No, they lost to Loyola. Oh, you mean, yeah. I mean, they lost to Loyola in the tournament, yeah. They yeah, they lost to Loyola in the tournament, but they lost to Indiana this year in the Big Ten tournament. So, yep. Um, but yeah, I think it he's would be great to get the him. best guy you can get. And yeah. I, you know, what I've been saying is that if an early exit happens, you know, he's got some guys that, like Trent Frazier, he's a, either a fifth year or a sixth year senior, but I know it's his last year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Kofi Coburn, who's their stud center, he's freaking he's huge. He's junior. Yeah, he's not going to graduate, but he's probably going to go NBA. go pro. Yeah. So if you lose those two guys, and I know Alfonso Plummer, who just went nuclear when we saw him play in person, I know <laughs> yeah. he's a transfer from somewhere. So I think it might be his last year. I'm not sure on that. So they have a lot of guys that, like, if he just comes back to Illinois, like his team's not going to be the same and. If there was a time for him to jump ship, especially to his alma mater, it'd probably be this soft season. Yeah. So, um, so uh, the next guy, uh, Grant McCaslin. He so he's the the guy from North Texas. Yep. Um, let me just tell you real quick about how they've done this hot board. Uh, it started off with a list of fifteen coaches, and they broke them off into three categories: uh, the proven guys that everybody knows about, uh, the up and comers. Uh, for mid-majors and stuff, and then the outside shot at it. Uh, so Grant McCaslin was an up-and-comer, but he's moved up to the second name on the list now. Uh, he It says here that there's serious esteem behind his rumored interest in the position, but um, so he's won t- at least 20 games in all but one of his five seasons at North Texas um, and another at Arkansas State, and he's a Scott True guy. But the North Texas lost to Louisiana Tech in uh, the Conference USA semis. Yep. And they only scored 36 points, 13 points in the first half, and then 23 in the second half. That's a really bad performance. Uh, But an argument could be said, like they were saying about Brad, he might not have been in the game, but or his head might not have been in the game, might have been elsewhere in Manhattan. Uh, But they're not, they didn't make the tournament this year. They won 24 games, which is a good, pretty good win mark, I think. Uh, so there is that. So McCaslin, young guy, uh, trending upwards, a head coach in North Texas. And then here's a guy who was all the way at the bottom of the outside chance. He was the last coach they listed in the outside chance, guys. Uh, Jerome Tang. Uh, Jerome Tang is an assistant coach at Baylor. He's been coaching for 17 years. Um, 
Oh no! Wait, it, he wasn't even on. He wasn't even on the hot board. He was on an unpublished uh, hot board, and then they moved him off. But oh. now he's he's third on the list. Um, he's high on Gene Taylor's list. Um, he's been in Waco for 19 years. Uh, he built Baylor from the ground up. Pretty good recruiter. Uh, Tang. Uh, he handles a substitution and acts as the team's motivational voice is what this says. So uh, he interviewed for lower jobs before, um, including Oral Roberts, Central Arkansas, UTEP, and New Mexico State, but stayed in Waco. So it sounds like he's waiting for the right opportunity. Uh, sounds kind of like uh, in a football comparison, Brent Venables, mm-hmm. who's waiting who's waiting for his job to open. And I don't know if he's waiting for Scott Drew to leave, but I think Scott Drew's a pretty young guy and he's there for a while. So I think – I think uh, I think he's pretty pretty good coach. However, uh, I saw Missouri coaching hot board too uh, that said uh, he was number one on their target list, or he was in the top three at least, like Kansas State, um, and then also LSU is targeting him. Uh, so we'll see how good of a job uh, uh, Kansas State is and how he views it. Um, but if the three if those three schools are going after him, he might end up in Baton Rouge. What do you think, Drew? Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about him. I think if you're an assistant for that long at like a steady program like Baylor, I think that, you know, people think good things about you kind of, I don't know if it would play out this way, but like Tommy Lloyd, Arizona's coach this year, like he was a longtime assistant at Gonzaga under Mark few. And then I think his plan was that once Mark few retired, he was just going to take over Gonzaga. But then once Arizona came calling, you know, which Arizona's like, a, I would say a better job to have than K-State. It is. Different but, animal. But like similar that like in the same kind of region, mm-hmm. like out West, Baylor or Baylor and K-State aren't the same like geographically, but you know, same conference. Mm-hmm. It's a conference well. So I don't know. I would say, I don't know if a guy like him would go to LSU. Cause I think like, you know, cause they just fired Will Wade for all the stuff. And I think it was because they wanted to fire him with cause, but I think that they have eight level ones, which we'll see what happens with that. But I don't know if he go like if he leaves Baylor for LSU and then LSU is just banned for a few years, like that might not be a good move for him. Yeah. Yep. Oh, looking here at the hot board. Um, Frank Martin is on it. Uh, he's trending. They said his trending category is the, whispers and um mm-hmm. uh said one national source put it over the weekend that said frank martin might be trying to stealthily uh put himself in the running for the wild card uh spot in manhattan um yeah so the names they removed from the original list chris mack he doesn't want to coach, but if he does, he's going to go to, I'd say, Maryland probably. Uh, yeah. Tim Jankovic, he's an older guy. We really don't – I don't think that's on Gene's mind. Uh, so definitely fun. Any coaching search is a good time. Uh, it looks like Greg McDermott, uh, Nico Medved, and Andy Kennedy are also all, all on the list. Uh, some history behind those guys. Andy Kennedy's UAB guy, played at K-State. Uh, Nico Medved, Med, Medved, I don't know how to say it, 
Uh, he is Colorado State's guy, uh, but nothing from K-State itself has, you know, looked toward him. It's all been media talk. Mm-hmm. And then Greg McDermott is a head coach of Creighton. Yep. Uh, they have connections, but Taylor and McDermott have connections, but it doesn't seem likely that he'll be here. So, you know, look, uh, looking at Twitter, which I know is not an accurate sampling of the fan base as a whole, uh, looks like they really want Brad, which if you can get Brad, get Brad. But mm-hmm. I think any of those coaches, those top three would do great. Um, and then if Frank Martin can come here and win, I'd be okay with that. I'd love to see Frank Martin on the sideline again. Uh, and that'd excite me to go to basketball games just to watch Frank. Um, but other than that, there, there you have it. There's a K-State coaching search. Hopefully they can get somebody and get him competing quickly. Like TJ Otzelberger got his Cyclones uh, into the NCAA tournament after not winning a conference game last year. So, All right. Yeah. They play football at those two schools as well. <laughs> Spring practice has started for the Kansas State Wildcats and the Kansas Jayhawks. They're on a break right now uh, for, for spring break, or at least the Wildcats are. Uh, some news coming out of Kansas State. Uh, Adrian Martinez obviously isn't able to throw the ball uh, right now. He's not, he, they, won't, they don't think he'll be able to throw until about May. So Will Howard's been commanding the offense, and they said he's looked really good. They're trying to force Jake Rubley into some positions uh, to see what he's, you know, what he's capable of right now. Uh, moving and moving forward. Will Howard is 245 pounds now, which is insane <laughs> for a quarterback to be 245 pounds. I think is unnecessary. Uh, the cats have moved Jackson Deneen uh, to running back to back up Deuce Vaughn, which is insane uh, because Jackson Deneen is a, uh, a radio announcer or announcer for ESPN uh, noted him to be like a filing cabinet. He's a big body guy who has been a decent fullback for the Cats uh, as of recent. So uh, anything out of Kansas so far, Drew? Um, nothing, nothing really. Uh, I know when it first started that – so North Texas transfer Jason Bean was KU starter last year. He showed some good moments, wasn't very good in the end. Got hurt, and Jalen Daniels, who was on the team the year before, but didn't look great, came in and I thought looked pretty good. And I like he's been taking all the first team stuff at practice, and from what I had seen from the first few days, that he was looking good. But other than that, I don't really, I don't know. I don't really tune in to spring ball stuff too much, mainly because I never have anything to look forward to. This is probably the most I've had to look forward to in like ten years. So, but yeah, so nothing. Nothing for me other than Jalen Daniels should be the starter uh, starter at quarterback, and hopefully he can continue what he was doing at the end of last year. Yeah, I definitely think that's a guarded a guarded hope mindset for Kansas fans right now, being how they ended the 2021 season on a high note, I think, beating Texas and uh, hanging in there with West Virginia. It looks like, you know, Lance is starting to turn things around, and this will be year two now. Uh, no, year three. He's going into year three. Uh, year he's two. had one full. Last year was his first year. Two? Yeah, yeah year okay, two. Sorry. Sorry, less, sorry. Less as last year was the COVID year and then. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. So he's had one full recruiting cycle now for, for himself, uh, and it was a pretty good one. He did. He made some moves on the in the transfer portal, getting uh, the running back out of Minnesota. Uh, who's yeah. a big, big body running back. So we'll see how that works out. But Kansas just has this way of 
building up hope and then not winning because they're Kansas. And I don't think this coach is like that, but we'll see. Um, I think Kansas needs to improve on consistency. Uh, their offensive line needs to be better. Their defense played pretty well at, in spurts uh, last year. Uh, but I think consistency needs to improve for Kansas. They can't go out and be good one week against Oklahoma and turn around and get blown out by TCU or, or Oklahoma State. Um, they need they need to be consistent. You know, the pecking order is going to start to unravel for the new Big 12 once Oklahoma and Texas leaves. Uh, Oklahoma State seems perched at the top, Oklahoma State, and Baylor seems to be one that can take mm-hmm. control of the whole conference. We've got a slew of new coaches coming in at Texas Tech, TCU, um, and then Iowa State's losing a lot of talent, uh, so that that can provide or prove to be tough uh, for them moving forward. Uh, Kansas State just made just made a new move um, offensive coordinator, listening to the players. It sounds like uh, they're dumbing the playbook down a little bit, which is good because I think everything that they were trying to do under mess was a little bit complicated with all the motions and all the sets that didn't mean anything different from others. Um, and another thing that they talked about was the tempo that the offense would run in. Uh, they ran, they're practicing no huddle, uh, running a little bit more out of the spread. Uh, Colin Klein seems to be breathing a new life into the offense. So, uh, so I'd say for Kansas state to improve, uh, they need to improve at the offensive line. Uh, more athletic, longer, bigger guys. They need a true tackle, which they haven't had since Chris Kleiman's really been here other than Scott France, but he wasn't quite athletic enough for them. Uh, so th- I know they've got a lot of guys. And I don't know if you knew this, Connor Riley, he's the offensive line coach, but he brings in these guys who, like, they brought in a guy last year who played tight end in high school and he was skinny, but then they're putting weight on him. They're making him big. They did the same thing in their first recruiting class, a kid from Tennessee. Uh, that they brought in, and they put a lot of weight on him. He's a big guy now. Uh, so the way Connor Riley wants his offensive line to work, they want him to get – he wants to get him big, but he also wants him to be athletic. Uh, at North Dakota State, he had one of the biggest offensive lines in the country, uh, pound for pound, um, you know, bigger than Kansas State. It was a Big Ten offensive line, which I think is what they want to build here at Kansas State. So that needs to improve – um, and then also in the secondary, we're losing some key pieces. Uh, J, J Max gone, so they need to get a new. You know, they need to get some safety help. Uh, linebacker needs to have some depth. Daniel Green's really, really good, but they're losing Cody Fletcher, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I think they got they made some moves in the transfer portal, so that's that's good. Uh, defensive line, they're doing really well. The that's going to be scary next year uh, because Khalid Duke will be back and then Felix will be there, so then they can't focus on just one, and they're both really good pass rushers. We saw with Felix getting six sacks in a game, uh, and then the NCAA saying he only got four, which is false. He got six. Nobody can take that away from him. Uh, But, yeah, I think Kansas State actually has a really positive outlook on next season, and I think I'll talk about it, or we'll be talking about it for a while, uh, going leading up to that season. Uh, Really really positive outlook on the 2022-23 season. Yeah, I think uh, K-State's got a, you know, really good shot to compete at the top of the conference at least next year. I wouldn't put them at the top, but I, you know, Oklahoma State, 
still has their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, who I have mixed feelings about. (laughs) Actually, they're not mixed. They're mostly bad. But, um, you know, he won them a bowl game against Notre Dame. But I think they're probably losing some talent. Baylor's probably losing some guys. But those are probably your top two. But after that, like, you know. Yeah, it's it's wide open. and Maybe Texas, but I'll, you know, wouldn't hold your breath on that one. We'll see. Oklahoma's got a new head coach, so we've got a question mark there. I mean, do you think was, K-State can compete with teams like Texas? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. Uh, that's false. We're joking. But, uh, yeah, I think Iowa State's losing a lot of talent. Their mm-hmm. Last year was the year, and now they've got to completely rebuild what they had going, I think. Uh, we don't know who the quarterback will be. You know, it's not the overrated Brock Purdy anymore. And, you know, Matt Campbell, if he's, if he's as good as they say, now's time to prove what he's worth. And we'll see how the season goes for them. I think Kansas will win three or four games. I'll be impressed. I, I, three, four, or five around there. Uh, they won't finish last in the Big 12. Uh, TCU or Texas Tech will be down there. I think uh, West Virginia might make some noise, uh, but they were also, they had a pretty down year. Uh, outside of one year under Neil Brown, West Virginia hasn't looked too good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. You know, Chris Kleiman has yet to beat Oklahoma State or Baylor in his time on campus. He hasn't beaten Texas yet either. So in his time on campus, those are the three teams who he hasn't really beaten. Uh, so I think those are those are who they need to overcome to get on top. And honestly, I think that this year might be the year with a quarterback who maybe just needed a change of scenery, who's played a lot of games, a lot of Big Ten games, and a lot of Big Ten stadiums that are probably harder to play in the most Big 12 stadiums. Kansas State schedule is favorable. You know, they open up at Oklahoma, but then they've got a couple off games uh, before playing. Uh, to, uh, I think it's Iowa State, but in Jack Trice, too, is the issue with that. But, you know, if they can start out 3-0 and and beat Missouri in Tulane, uh, then I think you might want to look out uh, for what they've got, if, especially Missouri. Missouri will be a really fun game in Manhattan uh, this, this upcoming season. And then they'll play in Columbia two years from now, which hopefully Chris Kleiman will have them rolling by then. But I don't know. I'm really excited about this football season more so than last because I think I think they can honestly make a lot of noise. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, as far as KU goes, I don't you know don't like getting my hope up hopes up with this football program. But I think Lance he's got a good thing going. I like that he uh, you know I think it took him a few games to just adjust to how bad we were. You know, he's not at Buffalo or Wisconsin Whitewater anymore. You know, you're at a, you're at a team in a power five league that uh, didn't have power five talent. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. I mean, we barely beat, Oh God, was it South Dakota? Was that the FCS team we played? Yeah. Yeah. Barely beat them. Took him a while to adjust. You know, we had a close call with Oklahoma beat Texas, couple, couple close games to couple close losses to end the year. So, for me, going into next year, I would like – so, we play Tennessee Tech, I think. And then we have Duke in Houston on the non-conference schedule. So You get them both at home, too. Yeah. I – is it – Houston might not be at home. Let me look. I think you get them at home, which would be beneficial for you guys. I just, because, you know, Houston has a really good program, so I don't expect to win that one. Duke is not great. So if we could beat 
obviously the obviously the FCS opponent, and then beat Duke. At least get those two. If you could beat Houston, that's a plus. And then if we could just double our conference wins from one to two, and we could yeah. win four games. Anything more than four games to me is like gravy to me. Like I don't, I don't. I've seen some fans that expect like, oh, we got good transfers. We could be, we could win six games. Any I would fans be in particular? Just KU Twitter. But um, I just like I don't. I would love that, obviously, but I just think that'd be like with how bad we've been to go from two wins to six in a year that seems unlikely but yeah maybe give it another year i think yeah i think you're a year out from being bowl eligible i think you're gonna have four or five you might double your win total the Mm -hmm. the issue i'm looking at their schedule right now they're starting off with tennessee tech but then they go on the road to west virginia oh they're gonna play okay they're gonna play west virginia and houston right after tennessee tech on the road so you're looking at a one and two start, and then they lost to Duke last year. We did. Duke, Mike Cutcliffe's there. Duke's got a pretty good, pretty veteran coach, but you know you're getting him at home. I don't know. It's going to be hard. When we when we played Duke last year, it, I don't know what happened in that game. Like we looked, because there were times at the beginning of the season in the non-conference, like we played Coastal Carolina, who was really good, and our offense was good, but Coastal Carolina has had too much talent. Like, they were one of the most talented mid-majors in the yeah. country. And then we played against Duke, and it was like the first half, our offense looked great, and it looked like we were just going to win. And then the second half, it just fell apart. So hopefully we can have that stuff cleaned up. Well, and then, you know, in all around. honesty, your your first three Big 12 games are West Virginia, Iowa State, and TCU. So those aren't – I mean, those aren't lo- – I feel like the way Kansas looked, if they can build off what they looked like last year, those are winnable games for them. I really feel like that. Uh, but then the Big 12 throws everything it has at you. So let's just say you start out 1-2, and two, and you lose to West Virginia-Houston, and then you play Duke, so you're 2-2. Two and two. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Iowa State and TCU. Let's just say you split them. You, so now you're 3-3, three and three, yep. but then Oklahoma-Baylor-Oklahoma State in three consecutive weeks. So I don't I don't see an outcome for them to win that. And then they've got Texas Tech, so they've got a new coach, depending on how good they are. Um, that might be a competitive game. It's in Lubbock, unfortunately. And then Texas at home, so you'll beat them. <laughs> and, then, and then Kansas State on rivalry weekend. So we'll see. It, it should a, be that's fun. That's an L. That's yeah, an L. That's no an L. Way, there, there's no way we go into the bill. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. And when I think you're two or three years away from beating Kansas State. I'm gonna be honest. I think it's. I think this coach can do it. I would like to just be competitive in a lot of games. And if it's like, if we go three and nine, but we have like six close losses, like six one score losses, like I'd be. Yeah, that's a at lot least of have a direction. Which yeah, that's the funny thing was Les's first year was like we were three and nine, but we had two or three games that we. Not like should have won, but like they were there for us, and maybe bad coaching was why we lost. And but, that's how it was Beatty's last year too. Yeah, Beatty definitely got a raw deal. I think so too. That was his last shot to. That was Kansas's last real shot to beat Kansas State his last year. Yeah, I remember. I remember that game. That was yeah. That was ugly. What was it like seventeen yeah. fourteen? 
or 21 yeah, and, 17. And Puka had two touchdown runs in a row called back for mm-hmm. holding. So, and, and so they would have won had they scored that touchdown, but they didn't, they didn't win. And, uh, cats won. So 13, 13 in a row now, uh, but yeah, yeah. So that I'm excited for both Kansas teams coming up in this football season. Uh, and if Wichita state had a football program, I'd be excited for them too, but they don't. Poverty. Kidding. <laughs> oh, too soon. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Hardly Knowledgeable podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Feel free to reach out to us um, on Twitter at Hardly Knowledge. Uh, go ahead and DM us uh, and ask us a question. We'll, we'll be happy to answer it um, in the podcast. So any last things from you, Drew? Uh, baseball is back. So Bobby Witt Jr. is going to lead the Royals to a World Series. Yeah, and the Batcats are now 7-7 seven and seven after – Winning four consecutive, so baseball season is ramping up. Yes, uh, sir. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.